Welcome to the Detail Solutions Podcast. My name is Alex Russell, and I am your host. <clears throat> Number 10. We've did it. Didn't think I'd get this far, but thanks to you guys and gals, we made it to 10. This is going to be considered the end of season one. I'm um, just going to do like 10 a season kind of deal. Um, so this Episode's going to be a little bit different. We're not going to interview one single person. In fact, we're actually going to have a topic, something that has been on my mind for probably about the last year. <clears throat> I get a lot of people um, that reach out to me or message me saying that they want to come train with me and they want to learn from me, things like that. While I really appreciate that you guys think that I'm that good, a lot of times I'm just like you guys. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm guessing. Uh, I just kind of get lucky, I feel like, sometimes. And other times I think I'm better than Aaron Knox. Let's just face it. Um, so it got me to thinking about trainings. You know, there's a lot of companies out there that do them. Uh, this might hurt some people's feelings um, and if it does, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of trainings out there that I feel that are just cash grabs. You know, you can't use our product unless you come to a training and, you know, we charge X amount of dollars for the training. And then I think that there's legitimate trainings out there that are put on by some of the greatest detailers in the industry and they're not company driven um in fact usually it's a a bunch of some of the greats from different companies and they're telling you how to do it or teaching you how to do it whether you use their products or not so that being said i reached out to three guys that i feel are probably top of the game um and probably tops of the trainings as well. And what we're going to do is we're going to kind of have a open discussion on trainings. And I hope that you guys will learn something from it, like I will, on doing a training. Who, who do you pick to go get trained by um, what company do you want to get trained by? And maybe some questions that you can ask them before you just plunk down what for a lot of us is, is a lot of money um, to take, you know, not, not even paying for the training, but taking the time off traveling, airfare, hotel, food. Um, it's, it ends up being, you know, a, a big expense just to, you know, maybe learn something you already know. So, yeah, that's what this episode's going to be about. And I hope you guys and gals really enjoy it as much as I hopefully will. Um, so with no further ado, let's get into it. So we get this going. So welcome to the Detail Solutions Podcast. We've got Levi Gates, David Patterson, uh, Aaron Knox uh, could not be with us tonight. So I appreciate you guys for being a part of this. First question I want to go over with you guys is kind of similar to what I do with my other one. And can you guys 
just, you know, introduce yourselves for the people who don't know who you are, which might not be a lot and kind of like, you know, your affiliation, um, what you do, who you work for, what do you do? How long you've been detailing? It's that type of fun stuff. Yeah. Well, David, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, my name is David Patterson. I am product manager for Lake Country Manufacturing. Uh, we manufacture foam, wool, and microfiber polishing pads. Um, but I also own a, I guess, a niche detail business called Perfect Shine Detail, um, where I do specialty vehicles and um, do some different events throughout the year. Obviously, that's kind of a, a side gig. And then I also am a co-founder of the new Gloss University training programs. Nice. Uh, I've been detailing been detailing since probably about 2008 and opened up my business in 2010 I think and uh, just been in in deep ever since nice yeah awesome and then Levi how about you so uh, thanks Alex for having me and David on here this is awesome yeah, thank you very much. Sorry um, so, about that. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, so, I so I've been detailing for like 23, 24 years now. I started when I was uh, started, I say professionally when I was seventeen. So, uh, for those that don't know, I am Levi. I work for the Rag Company, Levi Gates. I'm known as the Master of Shine, um, and I am the uh, brand development manager for the Rag Company and. Uh, basically lead detailing educator there. Um, I've been with the rag company for six years, going on six years. I think it's almost fifth year here, um, going on six. And uh, uh, before that, I had my own shop called uh, Hawks Detail Masters of Shine and uh, ran that for about five years. And before that, I managed a number of detail shops here in uh, Boise, Idaho. Um, I started when I was about 16, 17, I started working for a car wash, uh, detailing, doing express stuff, and then just kind of grew from there. But I came uh, into detailing because my parents were detailers. My mom and my dad uh, detailed on the side for extra money. And it was just one of those things that, you know, uh, a lot of us kind of jump into. It was an easy way to make a couple extra bucks on the weekend for my parents. Uh, at the time, my dad joked that he was charging like 30 bucks a car when uh, to do a wash and wax and vacuum and clean up some stuff. Uh, and my mom would carry me on her shoulders in a backpack and wax cars and wash them. And so they said that they kind of like, that's how I always kind of got started with it. And it was always a side thing. So, nice. um, but it was something I really enjoyed and something that I've stuck with, uh, the one thing that I always kind of felt like I was good at, and that's why I've always stayed into it for as long as I have, stubbornly, uh, you know, in some instances, but uh, it's it's worked out uh, in the way it is now where I'm able to do a lot of stuff that I didn't, didn't get to do before, and I get to meet a lot of folks like yourself and David, be able to do these kind of trainings and events and stuff all over the country and world, so. Right, so, so exactly, so trainings, and that's, that's what I want to kind of talk about with you guys um just because you guys are kind of you know you know two of the best um or or 
well known mm-hmm. in the training. So m- my first question that I want to that I want to kind of talk to you guys with and see what you guys think is, what do companies get wrong when they do trainings? Um, gosh, that's a good one. Uh, the one thing that I like that that uh, David's done with Gloss University is the um, ability to create a, and use a bunch of different vendors. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I that is hard with a branded company training is they you know and honestly it's the easiest way to do a training right you got your own products you sell right. you teach your customers how to use your products and then you sell them to them so you can't fault you know you don't want to fault the company for trying to do their best to sell products but um, not every detail shops like that you know. Um, Myself, I've used all different types of brands and I, you know, um, had great success because it just worked in the situations that I was working in. Certain products work better than others uh, for the job at hand. And I think that's what most detailers are like. So the ability to create this kind of, I don't know, like have these brands step up to help out, but also not really 100% in the bag for each brand, so to speak, if that makes sense. Right. I get you. How about you, David? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there's a couple of different things. I think brands definitely come in the way, um, good and bad. Um, But oftentimes it's at the expense of the person getting educated. And I think there's some, there's definitely some value in any type of training. Um, I think that if they're, you know, strongly, strongly endorsed by specific brands that, you know, the, the cost of that class should reflect that. Um, obviously, uh, on a class like we did, we we charged, I mean, not, nothing outrageous, but we charged a little bit more, but we we purchased a lot of stuff. When we did reach out to companies, we um, reached out with the expectations that, you know, we, we would love to get a discount of any support to showcase your tools or your items during our class because we like them and we like to use them. We are not looking for a free handout, essentially. Um, and that's kind of the approach that we did with it, because I think there's always going to be brands involved, obviously, you know, right. whether it's certain things that we like or, or certain things that I represent and things like that. But I think the overall training should be about the core skill or whatever your, your focus is or your, your overall idea for your, your training is. And that, that's kind of what we did is we want to offer a variety of different tools and, and a variety of different items for people to use and tell people about those items and that we do feel like they're they're good quality products otherwise we wouldn't have them there um, but at the same time um, let them kind of just play around and I think that was one of the biggest takeaways that I had from not participating and um, being a guest instructor for Mike Phillips at, for his detailing uh, boot camp, right? And he's taking a, a pretty um, general overview of you know production detailing and show car detailing. You know, crabbing it into a couple of days and taking somebody who could literally know nothing or somebody that has a little bit of experience and give them a huge overview of of a lot of different topics. But what I liked about the class the most was the the variety of different things that he had to offer. And I mean, part of that is because AutoGeek sells everything. So that, that's, that's part of it. But, yeah. but the other thing is that they have 
they they just had a lot of stuff. So that was one of my the biggest takeaways I had from that, and that's something that I wanted to kind of add to what we were offering in training. And then I think the other biggest thing is um, maybe getting caught too much down a rabbit hole on on what specific training is, because I think there's a lot of different views and perspectives of what training could be. And our vision with Gloucester University is really trying to bridge the body shop and the detail mentality together because there's a lot of like really big differences in thought process. Right. But, but really we're all doing the same thing, at least when it comes to the exterior of the car. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, <clears throat> right, because that's, that's one of the things I've heard from some people that, you know, like they've gone to these like, you know, brand specific trainings and they really don't feel like they've like learned anything. You know, it's just like I paid them money to, to, to be able to use their product kind of deal. Um, so I, I like, I like what you guys are saying because, you know, that's, um, you know, one thing that I've always just kind of heard from people that I've talked to that have gone to these things. Um, what do you, what do you think are things that they get right that these training companies are doing right? And I think you guys kind of topped on, you know, talked it a little bit, but you know, well, to expound upon that, like David and I did our first training together. We did it at Optimum uh, oh, yeah. and we were guest trainers uh, at OPT headquarters in Memphis. And we were in there with Ivan and Dan uh, doing a training class. And we came on as guest instructors to help Ivan, Dan and Mac, who had just joined Optimum at the time. Um, and that was kind of fun because Ivan had said like, look, I've you know, I brought in, you know, Jeremy Harding of Rupa as the last training we had and uh, so-and-so. And it, it, and it was kind of neat that a company was bringing in other reps to help uh, help these guys learn. So it was kind of right. a neat, you know, I thought of it as like, wow, this is really cool. And it was great for me because David and I had been phone buddies and talking on the phone uh, for a while before we actually got to meet. So that was even cooler was to actually hang out with him. And right. we spent that weekend getting to know each other. And that nice. was, that was really great also. But I look at like, if you're trying to learn, you know, and I want to separate things from like a chemical training, you know, for a specific coating to learn how to do it properly and how to, how to lay the coating and become, you know, whether you're authorized or accredited or certified or whatever it is, for that particular particular coding or like a PPF training or some type of certification that you need to use for your business to sell a product or retail a product to your customers. Like those I see a value in, in the sense like you, you should learn how to lay, you know, something properly so that you're not confused or you should go to learn that stuff. But I feel like if you're just going in for a general skills refresh or you need to train a new guy or you need to train um you know you you and maybe a couple employees you want to go to this training to maybe see what you can do and, and do that then i think a more encompassing training where your availability to work with others in the industry is more important than the actual uh training being held by the person you know what i mean like I feel like if you're going there to learn skills, you need to go there to learn skills and be around other people because you're going to learn skills not only from that teacher, but from other students as well. 
Right. And I think that's the important thing. And, and to make that kind of distinction, because I don't want people thinking like, saying like, don't, don't go to a chemical training for a product, <laughs> because I learned, you know, I did an OPT training that I went to up in Portland or Seattle. And we learned that there was an installer there that was, uh, had an issue with his coatings. He kept saying, hey, all these coatings are failing. Uh, I'm putting them on, I can't get them to go. Uh, what's the deal? So they asked him to install a coating. He was using those shop towels, the blue Scott shop towels that have oil in them, that have a petroleum distillate in them so that you can clean the grease off your hands. He was taking those and wrapping them around and then pouring the coating on those and using those to apply the coating. So he was applying a coating with a solvent at the same time. Oh, wow. And then was, was very confused as to why all his coating jobs fail. He's like, I've had six customers you know, in the last two months, come back and, and da, 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 da. And it was like, well, that, like that right there, you have just, you're ruining, like the coating's not adhering. Right. And it was because of that, if he had never have gone, he would have bounced from a, from that company and been like, yeah, I don't want to do your coatings anymore because they don't work. Well, no, it, the coating works. Your process didn't work. Right. But you had to go to a training to learn the proper process. Right. Oh, that's a good know? point. So, yeah, no, that's yeah, a good that's... point. I mean, I always kind of look at it as, um, you know, with those those kind of brand specific trainings that a lot of times they want to they want to try and train you on on paint correction. And, and a lot of times I think like if you're going for a, a coding um, training, you should kind of already know that um, for the most part. I mean, if they're considering you for a training, I think you should already know how to do a correction. And if not, then maybe they, it's a separate, you know, right. correction style training that they do. And, and from or what I've kind of- something like their primer polish or something. Right, exactly. And from what I've heard a lot of these too is, you know, it's usually a, you know, of course, back before the world ended this year, it, you know, they're, they're pretty decent sized classes, 10 to 15 people. And you've got like, you know, one car or maybe two cars yeah. that, you're, that you're trying to, you know, quote unquote, learn how to do paint correction on, you, you don't have enough panels for everybody to really, excuse me, work on. Um, and I and I always kind of some of the things that I've heard is like, that's what puts people off is, you know, they go with expectations of, hey, I already know how to paint correct, but maybe they're going to give me the reassurance, or maybe they're going to teach me something new. But here I am working on, you know, the front quarter panel of a mini. Um, yeah. You know, and I don't have, you know, that was it. That was all my time of, of correction. Yeah, I think yeah. it's kind of a balance. I mean, there. I, I think one of the things that people like all three of us tend to forget sometimes is that you don't realize what it's like to maybe not have the eye. So like um, what you or I would think is 100% or is high quality finish work is not necessarily the same to other people and they don't not everybody sees the same thing i think or um, or know that it's good enough you know yeah, they don't they, right. they're exceeding the expectations that they you know maybe they're going to paint themselves into a corner so to speak because they're yeah. giving too much right into yeah. what they need to do for the price point yeah absolutely i mean that was probably when i first went to training or when i first got around some different people that i'd seen on forums that's kind of like dating yourself a little bit but on forums mm -hmm. and the people that we see online today 
okay, David. I'm 40 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, for me, it was for me it was kind of eye opening to to understand where your level was and um, really put that in perspective. Being around mm-hmm. some other people that, especially people that you've seen online. Um, but I, I think they all have their place. I mean, the, the OPT training, the, the optimum training that Levi were at, it was obviously really brand heavy. It was, uh, you know, to install their brand. And, but oddly enough, it was, it was structured different than any other class that I've done. And I actually learned a lot from it. I thought it was a really, really great training, probably mm-hmm. one of the better trainings that I've been to. Um, I think everybody anybody that puts on a good training definitely has something to offer. I guess it's just the way that they do it. And um, when you were talking about kind of like boring, boring trainings or things where people say they didn't get it, get anything out of it. This is something that me and Kilmer actually argue about a little bit, or, or we have a, we have a, um, some differences of opinions and, and luckily we've gotten to see them kind of come together. But um, I think a lot of people don't learn anything, especially when it's a lot of, PowerPoints or like presentations versus hands-on, right? Um, and and that's something that Kilmer feels very strongly about. I think so too. Uh, my thing is, I th- I think that they're a necessary evil, and I think that a PowerPoint or like some sort of presentation structure, I guess presentation creates a structure and it creates um, a reference for everything. And I think there's a lot of value. It it just really depends on what you're putting on that presentation. And I think that's really where some of the, the different classes that I've heard in the past, not some of them I've attended, but some of them I've just, you know, heard feedback is that it's just really either basic information or really technical information that doesn't really apply to anything. Gotcha. Cool. Um, so somebody, if somebody's looking to, to, do it, go to a training, like let's say 2021, everything opens back up, trainings get back in, and there's, you know, whoever, you know, is just looking to go and go and do a training. What type of things do you, would you suggest them to look for either in who's putting on the training or what they're looking to get out of the training? Um, you know, what, what should they be looking for as far as as something like that i guess i would say like what they're what are they why are they going to training what is it that they that they want to work on what is it that they want to um figure out you know i know folks who uh really just want to learn how to be faster more efficient they're good detailers they just don't know how to be quicker at it um and in that sense go to learn efficiencies or learn from someone who teaches an efficiency style um for those that are struggling and don't really know how to run a detail shop, um, you know, I, so I was fortunate enough to be able to run shops and then open my own. Uh, but the guys that I worked for that owned those shops didn't really know how to run a detail shop. They didn't, that's where they, you know, were stuck at. And, you know, some of these guys are going on 30 years, still operating, still running that same style that has been good for them for the last 30 years, but it's never made them actual money, right? It's never actually made them profitable. They've been able to like buy a couple car, you know, buy a cool car, maybe a motorcycle and, and that's about it and buy a house, but they've never been able to actually become a successful entrepreneur or businessman. They've always just been 
I'm good. I'm kind of comfortable. You know, um, I would much rather see a detailer who's maybe making, you know, their shops making 300,000 a year. And if they're like, look, I want to go to training to learn how to actually build this into a business. I want to be able to do a million a year in sales. Right. Like that's a good reason to go to training because the right. training, if that cost of that, that training is 1500 bucks and all in with, you know, the travel and all that, you're 2,500 bucks in that training should help provide you with the potential to get another $700,000 in revenue. That's a good reason. And a lot of guys do find those trainings that do help that. If your shop's already good and you're doing well and you're happy, but maybe your skills are just low and you want to go to that next level and you want to push it because, you know, like David and myself, you know, we're getting older. It's a little harder to detail every single day. And it's not as fun to detail dealership cars or it's not as fun to just do the general retail stuff. And you want to move into that show car or that, you know, you want to move into that show car style or you want to get into that spot where you can, work in hot rod shops and do some more stuff, maybe pick up some more clientele, right. you know, then, then go for that. That's, that's skills and technique. That's a, that's something where you can put yourself to a different level. You know, David and I both did the color lock training this year, um, which for me was a 40th birthday present to myself. Um, I didn't know leather. I just cleaned it. I always just cleaned leather in a car and called it good and threw some stuff on it. And that was it. But right. in that training, I learned more about leather than I ever could have even imagined. That, and it made me realize, wow, that's a whole other trade. That's a whole other business that I could create or that I could offer. Right. Right? And David, I know you felt the same way. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's definitely. something it, it that... It was a good training. Well, go ahead. You can expand on that. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's... That's a good explanation. I mean, it all depends on what you're looking to get out of it. I mean, if you're looking for the the business type thing, I think obviously Rennie has been a staple in the industry for a long time and he's got a, a ton of people that have, you know, proved success through the stuff that he's done through detailing success. You know, he's obviously one person, you know, um, same thing with Jason Otterness. Uh, yep. He, he's going to be doing something with detail wise uh, that, that's going to be, more towards the business training and you know Jason's not a guy that's coming to the table with with telling you how to run your business and do it you know he's done it he's doing it um yeah and I think that's those those things hold significant weight and then you know when it comes to um this the skills you know the actual trade itself is you know I I recommend you know looking towards people that you you genuinely like following or you feel like have a good skill people that you've previously communicated with I think detailing can give you a, a lot of different feedback from a lot of different directions the Kilmer's talked about it before is you know pick a couple people that you that you view as your mentors I mean whatever number that is but but stick with those people don't if you put out a question on on Facebook you're going to get so many different answers and I right. think it's right. hard to to kind of make your way through the weeds when you do things like that. And you need to, at least if you're going to follow a, a certain type of person or something like that, or have a communication or a relationship with them, like try to follow what they're doing. Cause obviously you feel that they're successful enough and, and hopefully you can base that off of something that that's more than just hunch. But, um, but yeah, there's, you know, Kilmer's obviously, you know, huge on the wet sanding and um, there's so many different people. I think that's, that's one of the things that we were trying to do 
and that we're continuing to try to do with Boston University is, is bring different people to the table and do it in a way that can offer some of that really, really valuable, unique training from the people that know it the best because they're doing it day in and day out, whether right. it's Concord or it's leather, um, you know, high level standing and for show cars and different stuff like that. But um, be able to bring in people that want to give back to the industry, want to share their knowledge, um, and don't necessarily have the ability to like set up a, a whole training and do it the way that they would want to do it. Awesome. Um, and then, uh, sorry, Zoom just was telling me something. Um, so kind of kind of on what you're saying, if maybe like if you, if, if you don't see a training that's available throughout the year that maybe like hits all the points that you're looking for, would it be better off maybe to reach out to like what you said, the the guy who you follow or kind of is, you know, somewhat of a mentor and and reach out to them and say, hey, look, you know, I can't Throws find a training. House. What's that? Yeah. But, you know, you can't find, I can't find something that works for me. So would you be interested in, you know, if I come to the shop training me and do something like that? Because I get people that call me up or talk to me or message Alex, me. you froze up, man. I froze up. You're freezing up. Uh, there you I... go. All right. Okay. There Sorry. you go. There you go. There you go. Back. Okay. I don't know Same what happened. Same question again. Oh, my internet's stable. <laughs> so, okay. So for people that maybe can't find um, a training, right? So they want to reach out to that guy who is their, their guy they look up to or, or girl. I mean, in that case, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of badass yeah. girls in this industry. And, and reach out and just say, hey, look, you know, I can't find somebody or somebody who's doing a training that teaches me this. Would you be interested if I come to you, I'll pay you, blah, 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 whatever. Um, would that maybe be something that's, you know, and, and not that everybody might do it, but is that something that that maybe people should should think about, too, is don't just think about the trainings that are going on, like reach out and see if somebody else might yeah. be able to do it. Cause I get people that ask me like, man, I want to come train with you. And like, first of all, I'm like, well, thank you. I'm flattered. But why me? Like I, you know, I still think I have so Pros much again. to learn half the time. Yeah. I'm guessing at what I'm doing and I feel like I get lucky. Um, but, but that is kind of the thing that really brought on this whole topic of, of kind of doing this and wanting to ask the questions um, because I would rather be able to point people in the right direction versus and I always tell people listen if you're in my area and you want to come by I come by I'm not charging anybody anything to to come you know I mean I'll I'll kind of tell you what I know and and what I do and if it works for you it works for you if not then you know cool deal but you know reaching out to people might be a a, a pretty good aspect then well I think I you're right on the money there that's that's what I did um before I went to work for the rag company from my shop uh, I started reaching out to the, all the other detailers around me. I had four shops uh, within a quarter of a mile from me. And uh, two of them I could see from standing out in front of my building. Um, so I never saw them as competition because you like, I think too many detailers get wrapped up into this. I'm better than everybody or better than the guy down the street. Or, right. And the point is all there's, if you go into your city and you see how many people are there, 
on how many cars are there and how many cars you can physically do in a year, man, you need to become friends with all these other detail shops and you need to reach out to them and you need to talk to them because if you can become friends with them, maybe they're using a tool that you don't use. Maybe it's a, it's a, you know, they're using a product that you've been wondering about and you've been kind of on the fence about, but they're using it and they're showing you how they use it in their business. Um, it's the fact that you're opening this network of other folks in your area that you can learn from. That helps because also you can learn the market and what it can bear price-wise for your customers. You know, if one guy's like, man, I'm getting this much money every day for this type of service and they're getting good reviews and they're not having any, you know, returns and you're under charging that, you know, you can raise your prices to meet with their, cause it shows their pay, like right. they're getting that money. And I think the other thing is you create like a united effort. If you become friends with a lot of detailers, you can then go and say, Hey guys, I'm going to raise my prices to this. They could all raise their prices too, you know, right. and you can bring your whole industry up um, so that, you know, you don't have to worry about, well, I know I'll do this service for this much, but this guy down the street does it for half that. You know, you can say, no, he does good work and he'll charge the same or, you know, and that's where I got to where I found that my customers, if they called the call around, um, I'd tell them, go for it. Here's three numbers of three shops that I recommend. And a lot of the times the people were like, they wouldn't even get off the phone. They go, oh, really? You recommend them? And I go, yeah, call three of them. Here's their name. Here's the guy that runs it. Um, and instantly they were like, wow, that's really nice. I, never mind. I'll just. I'll just get my car detailed with you. Right. Or if I couldn't get their car in because I knew these guys, because I knew their work, because we'd spent time together, we became friends. I knew what they were able to do, you know, and vice versa. They could refer customers to me. I could refer customers to them and we didn't have any love loss between us. Right. So I think that's a very easy, easy way to get in, to learn, to train, to start spitballing ideas off of someone. Gotcha. You know? Okay. Yeah, and even then, I mean, you can always reach out to those people and ask them who they would train with or who they would recommend training yeah. with. Because I think that that's that's just as valuable. If you if you don't want to ask that person or you already know that they're not going to train you, you know, there's there's definitely ways to reach out to other people that you um, kind of follow in the industry and ask them, hey, if if you were going to train or or who would you think you know is does does good trainings in this area or or whatever, whether that's area of the country or area of type of work or whatever but um, I think I think that's a really good way because you're going to get you know privately you're going to get somebody's really you know straightforward opinion what they really feel um, and then I think you know once you get to the training I think the kind of touching base with what Levi was saying the crosstalk in the the community and the relationships that you build within right and the detailing community are are almost as valuable as the training itself just because everybody's doing the same thing or involved some way. And um, it just creates a, a network that's that's very, very useful because there's literally nobody that doesn't know something and you can always get an answer. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so when you guys do trainings, like what are your areas of special um, specialty that, that like if somebody says, hey, Dave, we want you to come to training or Levi, want you to come to training? what is it that they're wanting you to, to train on? Do you guys have like one specialty thing or is it just- kind Well, of first things first, between just David and I, the main thing is David's good at pads. 
towels. I'm good at towels. So that's like the number one thing that we're usually asked for for trainings is right. you come in talk to us about towels and how to do that. Um, so that in a nutshell, you, you start to learn that, that they're not, we jokingly within the industry, we refer to, you know, pads and towels as kind of the potatoes and, uh, you know, asparagus of the steak dinner. You know, right. we're not the, uh, we're not the sexy steak that is the uh, polisher or, you know, sometimes the product. So, but towels and pads are equal in what you need. You still need it and it becomes right. a tool. Um, so a lot of it is just opening up people's minds on what a tool is and what a, what, what a tool, a pad or a towel can become um, and how it can make it faster and more effective or, you know, where a lot of folks just go, oh, these are the three I use. Well, they don't know that, you know, Lake Country makes how many pads? How many different types of pads, uh, David? Endless, endless amounts. <laughs> Thousands. Right. They, they think we just go grab one towel off the shelf at Costco. Uh, these 80-20 Kirkland signatures work great. Well, the RAG company makes 150 different types of microfiber towels. Oh. Each one specifically has its own job and works in certain situations that others don't. So that in and of itself is a huge amount of knowledge that we're trying to distill and give, give to, to folks that are training. But, you know, at the RAG company, when we host trainings and when I host a training, um, a lot of it is designed to, I try and work efficiencies and I try and uh, help a customer realize that they're, or a trainee, that they are, you know, to not oversell themselves, to not, you know, as Ivan LaCroix famously says, to not give them a steak dinner when they paid for a hot dog. Right. Um, you know, find your self-worth and I try and teach that, you know, there are shop minimums. That's a very simple thing that a lot of guys don't even do is a shop minimum. Um, you know, a tattoo parlor, I've got a ton of tattoos. A tattoo parlor charges a shop minimum to even put a tattoo on you, no matter the size, if it's tiny or it takes them 10 minutes, there's a shop minimum. Right. And detailers need to find out, you know, look at that in that same sense. You know, um, a lot of detailers don't sell towels and products and things like that on their in their storefront they just detail a car well when you go to a hair salon they're going to try and sell you on shampoos and products at the end of the hair after the at the end of the appointment why can't you do that with detail why can't you give your customer aftercare items you know the goal is at the end of the day they're either going to use them or they're not right but if you can sell it to them that's an extra 20 to 50 dollars that you can add on to your detail for not doing anything Right. You're just no. offering them products. Right. You know? That's a good And you're point. providing I mean, value. Right. I mean, I never looked at it that way. I always looked at it as I don't do it because I don't have lobby space and my shop is only 500 square feet. So I'm tight on space, anyways. But now you got me you thinking. Can set up, can yeah, you set up not, a bookshelf and put some products? Right. right? You don't exactly. need to have a lot. Yeah. You know, just enough that you can give your customer something because if if they're already asking you for it, you know, how many times has a customer picked up their car from you and said, okay, so what should I do next? Right. Exactly. Well, you should sell them on maintenance washes or you should sell them products for them to do it themselves. Exactly. No, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, and yeah. a lot of us don't, I, I was one that didn't for a long time. So, right. yeah. but David, yeah, go no, ahead, your turn. Yeah, no, I think, um, a, a lot of people know that I'm obviously related to the to exterior paint with pads, things like that. Um, I guess most, most of it comes down to, you know, pad knowledge and paint knowledge and 
and things like that, mainly on the, the exterior. That's they where, went to school for auto body. Yeah, so yeah. A lot of I people mean, don't know. Yeah, so I, I mean, I said I started, you know, detailing in 2008 or something, but I, I went to collision repair school in like 2002, 2003. Um, oh. So I started in the body shop area and uh, I just kind of, actually, I, I didn't move from body shop to detail. I moved from body shop to uh, wrenching on cars, repair. Um, so I did did like general repair. I was always into cars, um, building cars and, you know, just kind of having fun with that. And uh, I had a, you know, kind of a, a changeover at my job. And uh, I had a friend that was detailing at, at the time and he was not polishing cars. He's doing a high volume dealership. Um, he And he was making just as much as just as much money as I was. And um, I just kind of jumped back in. I, I taught him how to polish. He taught me how to do interior details. And then um, I spent a couple of years at the dealership and uh, doing dealership detailing and just kind of sitting on the internet and reading forums and doing all that kind of stuff and eventually opened up my own shop. Nice, nice. So when people ask you guys, hey, you know, we'd like you to come uh, do a training. Do you guys ever, you know, like say, well, I don't know, like it's not really what I'm about or, or, or you know, like are there things that you guys look for before you say yes? Yeah, I mean, like it depends on the training. It depends on what we're doing. You know, right. if we're coming in as, as our own people, so, you know, you're getting, you know, you're getting Davey P and you're getting the master of shine and you needed both of us, uh, you know, in your training, but we're not coming under official businesses. Then that's, that's something in and of itself. Um, if we come in the capacity that we're going to be, you know, maybe it's a distributor uh, of our products and they're selling our stuff. It's another add in for them because the customers are going to be able to purchase the products and from our end, our bosses look at it and go like, oh, of course, yeah, go, because it's right. going to help sell product for that. It's going to support that distributor. Um, so it really just depends on the circumstance. Um, I know David and I have never really said no on some of those situations. I haven't, and I know David hasn't either. It just depends on we have so many other events when everything's going. Right. Um, you know, a lot of it is just planning yeah. and trying to figure out if it's not going to coincide with something that's far greater uh for you know our jobs our personal jobs our day-to-day -day, um than what you know what the event is because if it's like hey we need you to fly to to the uk and we're gonna do this for two days and then we're gonna send you back home and it's like hold on that's a very long flight it's only two days then we got to come back and then the next week you know david and i are headed to germany for wax you know for auto mechanica right that's a week long like that's yeah that i that's, can't do but if it's yeah. a hey we're doing a training in seattle we need you to come up that's an hour flight i can jump on it i can go up for the weekend and come back you know right. there's a lot of easier stuff where it's like that's not going to be a problem because right. so as long as like have, scheduling yes kind yeah. of we plays both out. have wives we both have children it's, yeah you know we also answer them too right you now so i uh, gotcha but no I think it's, it, it honestly just depends on the person who's hosting the training, uh, you know, whether or not it's a, you know, I'll just say it, a detailer in good standing, you know, we've right. all got some of those detailers that we know who, if they said, hey, we're hosting a training and these guys are coming, you'd kind of go like, really? 
they're they're coming to your training like i know those guys and i don't think they'd want to go to your training so you know we we have to do our due diligence and our research and make sure but yeah right i guess i wouldn't turn it down gotcha put it that way same same thing for you david or we lose you again did you yeah, lose what? me you're, you're good we got you okay yeah. okay so say so same question i mean same thing for you i mean are you pretty much just you know kind of the, along the same lines as levi you know as long as scheduling and everything works and you're you're kind of good for it yeah for the most part i mean we do um you know, some of them are i mean i'm always talking about pads and stuff in general so even if it's not you know necessarily sponsored it normally comes up at some point i mean right most people know that i'm associated with it so they'll ask questions so so i do always you know talk about pads um and i and i try to try to not you know preach product i think people are going to buy a product if they want mm -hmm. to or if they think that it works well for them i think that's my my job is just to inform them and um not to necessarily sell them on it you know like and that, that's the way i view it at least um but yeah, yeah we're not I, I'll, both not trying to sell it's the it's the distributor's job to sell it it's our job just to come in educate and support right yeah yeah so i mean i do i've done plenty of trainings where they're through lake country you know um but it, there's plenty of them that i'll do like on the weekends and different things like we're gonna do um it's actually some some high school kids and some different stuff down at chicago auto recons um early November, um, which is a, Sweet. you know, a cool, yeah, cool, cool little yeah. program where there's going to be um, some high school kids getting, getting trained. It's kind of like a, an auto shop type class. And I would have killed for that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of cool. And, um, you know, and that one I'm doing on my own, I'm not, I'm not going on behalf of Lake country, although we'll have plenty of Lake country pads there and I'm sure right. we'll talk, talk about pads in general. So it's always kind of part of it, but um, it's, it's more about teaching, teaching people, I think for me and, Gotcha. So what's, what, what advice would you guys give somebody who wants to do a training? Like, let's say there's a detailer out there um, who, who wants to put on a training, maybe he's, you know, and, and this isn't me asking, um, even though <laughs> again, we talked about people asking me, but I mean, I'll use myself as an example. Like, you know, I've got people that say, Hey man, I really want to come learn from you. Like, when are you doing a training? Blah, blah. If I decided like, okay, I'm going to jump in and, and if these people want to come, I'll train them. What advice would you give somebody like me to start doing trainings or how to do trainings, something like that? Or is that a whole nother training? I'd have to come to you guys just to learn, train how to do trainings. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to tell you, we are, I, you know, we do this, you know, we, we do a lot of planning. Uh, both of us, whenever we host events or something, there's a ton of planning that goes involved. Um, you know, funny thing, the three of us, myself and, and David and Noxie, planned out events at the beginning of the year. We did a Zoom call between the three of us and we planned out events and tried to figure out how we could work in trainings and stuff before COVID, you know, right, yeah. um, just so we could get a year kind of planned for all of us to do something. Um, but if you're in your shop, you want to start hosting trainings and you want to do stuff with folks just do it but make sure you give yourself the right planning make sure that you know if you are start small bring in a couple people um reach out to those guys or gals and say hey look i'm gonna i'm gonna do something on this weekend you know saturday come into my shop and we're gonna we'll do this together 
right. you know, and make sure that it's like there. Cause the worst thing that you want to have happen is you host the event and those three people that have been asking you and how many you, how many are just like, Hey, we couldn't come. Cause uh, you know, had you waited another month, you probably could have done it. I'd, right. I'd give them as much time as possible. If you want to hone your skills of teaching or training and standing in front of a crowd talking, um, I used to host wash clinics out of my shop every like what we do we did it every two months on a Saturday and I plastered Facebook and told all my customers made flyers and told all my customers and just said hey look Saturday come into the shop I'm going to teach you how to wash your car simple as that right we're just going to wash it and that's all and it was one was a ploy to get people into my shop so they could buy some products from me but it was enough that you know we never made crazy amount of money it was enough to keep the lights on for that day basically right. you know and pay an employee to come help me do it um but it helped you know trying to hone your message trying to be able to talk to people answering questions do a Q&A you know deal with the awkward silences that people have um when you're in a group like that right uh, and, and it and it's fun too you know I always look forward to it We'd have donuts, we'd have coffee, we'd have orange juice and milk and sodas and stuff. And people just come hang out and spend the morning. And, you know, some people were folks from my neighborhood. Some people were customers and some was just my, I mean, remember one, one day it literally was me and my guy, Matt, who was my assistant manager um, that owns Lupo Auto Spa. He, me and him, our dads and our uncles. That was it. Oh, wow. But we did it. We held a training for them and they i'm not teaching my dad how to wash a car right? right like but they sat they watched and they all bought some product you know at the That's end of the cool. day and it was it was kind of funny to look at each other and go like at least our dads showed up right you know? right so but that's that's how i'd say to start start small right. start easy and let it grow from there and figure out gotcha. what you can do it's got to be organic right yeah i, I would i would say that something similar to that i mean i would say that um you know you could do do trainings at your shop or 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 anywhere where you can host it for like car clubs things like that so you can start mm -hmm. yeah. with relatively entry-level um, process and procedures and um, figure out what you like and don't like about your your presentation skills right, start right. And, and kind of fix that um but sometimes it's not not always easy some people are good right off the bat me i I take a little bit, you know, like I, uh, every time I do a training, I kind of like look back at it and, and really think about the things that I feel like we did wrong or, or did right and get feedback from other people. And, um, you know, the other thing is I would say if you haven't attended a lot of other trainings, um, you know, it might be wise to attend a, a couple different ones or, or, you know, at least go to bubble tech, go to some different things and, mm -hmm. um, just try to understand like, what you can appreciate from different people because everybody does something well to a certain extent right um some people do it all well um but you can you can take a lot of things away from that and try to build what you what you feel feel as value you know to the to the person being taught and um kind of cherry pick not necessarily the content that they're giving but the things and the way that they do it um to, to kind of help you um like build create, your own platform kind of deal correct mm -hmm. yeah create yeah. create your own feel and create what you think is is really valuable okay cool 
So that was pretty much my last question. Um, so my very, very last question, I do this with everybody, um, is for the people that, you know, maybe have some other questions, um, either about Lake Country or Rag Company, or maybe about, you know, doing, you know, where you guys are going to be in trainings, you know, maybe coming up um, when all this is done um, over with, hopefully soon. Um, where can they, where can they reach you guys at? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, OnlyFans, where you guys oh, are? Yeah. Oh, Facebook yeah, is, uh, yeah, <laughs> David's got a good OnlyFans account. Um, but I'm, uh, so I do Facebook. I've been taking the last like six weeks, taking a hiatus from Instagram just to kind of chill on that. So I've given myself a two month uh, probation from Instagram. So best way to reach me is through Facebook. Uh, and you can follow my personal page. I also have a public page. Um, and you can follow the rag company, the rag company, Instagram and Facebook uh, is where we do most of our stuff. Um, so anywhere where me and the boys are going to be Dane and Anthony. Um, the other thing is we have our rag company podcast discussion group on Facebook. That's a lot of fun. We have a lot of uh, jokey stuff, but if you're looking for us, that's the best place to, to look for it. Right. Is on there. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, um, yeah, you can I'm find glad me. You got... I don't, I don't tweet. I don't tweet. I don't TikTok either. I think I'm a little <laughs> old for TikTok, but, um, but everybody keeps telling me I'm wrong every time I say that, but you can find me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, it's in motion, Dave. Uh, you can check out any of the stuff on Lake country manufacturing, uh, whether that's Facebook or Instagram on Instagram, it's spelled mm -hmm. all out Lake country manufacturing or, okay. or you can check out all the, the new stuff from LC power tools. Um, but I'll also, you can check out, uh, gloss university, whether it's, uh, the website, glossuniversity.com or, or any of the social media there. That's where we posting up. Um, some of the, the pictures from the last training at the Ring Brothers and then um, some updates on some trainings in the near future too. Awesome, awesome. Well, Levi, I wanted to tell you, I'm glad you guys kind of brought back the uh, guess the towel count on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I missed, I, I didn't catch it until after you guys already picked a winner. When you guys were doing that pretty heavily, like I don't know, last year or year before yeah. or something like that, I would always show my daughter and my daughter would try to zoom the picture out and physically count every one and then tell me to enter her, yeah. her number in to, to kind of get a thing. So hopefully you guys bring that back and I can get her yeah. back into counting towels for we, me. We have a lot of fun with that. It's a great thing. I'm going to tell this real quick. The guy that is the one holding the sign at the end or pointing at the sign, that's uh -huh. one of our employees, Maki. Maki is a Congolese refugee um and uh he's one of the members of the rag company he works in our packing department and we picked him because he has the best smile he's <laughs> a guy who has lived through a ton of hardship and a ton of pain and a ton of sorrow when you learn his personal story but that smile is everything right. uh it was to big us and bright. at the rag company and right. he's always so happy and he's he feels pretty famous because he's the guy that gets to point at the number um, <laughs> awesome. so yeah so he's, it's it, Maki is a, that's one of the reasons we do it too is it's a it's a lot of fun not only for our customers but it's super fun for Maki to be a part of it and do that right. he always looks forward to it so that's awesome that's but, awesome yeah yeah well 
I, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, um, I don't have anything else to ask you. Um, Zoom has been so nicely to give me a uh, extra time, apparently. Um, <laughs> at least they said, we're going to give you more time. Um, so we didn't have to, to worry about our 40-minute time limit. But still, um, I, I really appreciate you guys doing this for me. Um, yeah. You know, you can, yeah, of course, man. Uh, you know, little podcast, just trying to have some fun with some different things. And, and with this one, I kind of wanted to, to be a little different and actually have a topic. Um, so sorry, Knox couldn't be here. Uh, I know yeah, some, people, some, listen, some people, some people are going to call such, bull- listen, they're going to call such bullshit on me for this because in the, you guys might not know unless you've listened uh, the first like three or four or five episodes, I think it was first five episodes. I used Noxie as a teaser for the like Noxie's on our next episode, <laughs> and then it was always <laughs> like, oh, we found we found somebody better, so we had to bump Noxie, but we'll get him. So I was really like on the last episode, I was like, look, man, I've got Noxie. You guys like, I know I've talked a lot of shit, and and so yes, yeah, yeah. so everybody, everybody's gonna think I'm still talking shit, but nice. um, maybe I'll get him on one day but again i appreciate it so much guys i'm i don't thank you for your time levi i know you want to go inside the house and be with the kids and stuff david man um looks like you're in the game room or something i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah hanging out Uh, in the office yeah Yeah. (laughs) so thanks again um you know i can't i can't thank you guys enough for this and uh and look forward to talking to you guys soon hopefully mte we'll see each other um looks like that might yeah, looks mobile like that tech? happened for right now. I think so. it's probably mobile tech. I don't think anything is happening until mobile tech. Alex, that's, where mobile I saw tech. You, that's where I saw you last, Alex. Uh, that's yep, where that's I saw him last, too. That's where, <laughs> I think that's, that's where everybody saw that, me last. That's the last thing any, anybody did. Right, yeah, right, exactly. exactly. But, wow, he actually froze. Yeah, he's he probably yes. got bumped. Okay, now I'm back. Am I back? Welcome to our podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did hosts. you say mobile tech? Yeah, did you say mobile tech or what did you say? I said mobile tech, MTE, nice. whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, mobile tech. I, m- mobile tech this year, I felt like a star. I guess thanks to Noxie. everybody wanted to kind of grab me and talk you to had me. A, you had a great shirt on. That's why well, I did. I did. This year's or next year's, hopefully, will be better. I th- I've already got some yeah. ideas for it. So good, good. Make fun of Noxie some more since he probably won't show up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was I I had uh, photograph evidence that he was on the plane the morning before Gloss U, because I I was I just said Noxy you better not back out on me right you better <laughs> you better not because we did the we did a class at Shine Doctors last year uh, Steve at Shine Doctors invited me to do a class with him and Kilmer and um, Jason Cavallo and uh, Brian Churchill and Noxy was supposed to come. And he posted it about it, and then Noxie backed out, or he wasn't. I sh- I shouldn't say bad things about that. Like, like he yeah, backed out. I don't know what ha- I don't know what happened, but he couldn't come. Right. And yeah. uh, and Kilmer's just like Noxie, you can't you can't do that. The p- people know you're coming. They, people are expecting you. And yeah. uh, I I was worried. I'm like, dude, you bet you better not back out. He's like, why why would you think that? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm just saying, <laughs> my the, the history that we have hasn't proven that you're gonna be on the plane yeah, yeah he, he um he's kind of an enigma wrapped in a riddle kind of thing 
Yeah. You never know. Yeah. You never know what he's gonna do. Or if he would have had pudding cups, he would have joined us. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or or oatmeal cream pies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All, All right, right, guys. guys I gotta you, you you have a great time. Um, evening, Thanks, Alex. Day, appreciate it. Whatever. Um, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Later. Hey, man. Thanks right, so thanks. much. Appreciate it. See you, boys. Bye. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to that episode. Again, I want to thank Levi Gates and David Patterson for joining us. Um, again, sorry that Aaron Knox had something come up. He could not be a part. I know you guys are probably going to be like, oh, sure, Alex, he was really going to be on. No, he really was going to be on. <laughs> um, but yeah, something came up. So that's a wrap. Season one is done. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we did nine interviews, one kind of topic episode just to be something different. I think that's the way that the format is going to go from now on in season two. We're going to hit, um, you know, nine interviews. And then at the end, we'll uh, cap it off with uh, some other topic that I feel like maybe needs to be discussed and try to get some um, some really cool people to come on and talk about it. So... Please stay tuned for that. We are, or I am, going to take probably about two weeks off. I've already started working on some guests for season two. I have three people that um, I've already talked to. So we're um, at least got that kind of rocking and rolling. But I just want to take a couple weeks off uh, to try and come up with some some better things for season two. Um, I want to be a little bit more prepared for season two, if, if I can, I'm such a last minute person, but, um, you know, again, I can't thank you guys enough for listening and giving such positive feedback. And again, when I never thought I'd get past five or even make it to five and here we've done 10 and you guys are asking for more, which is awesome. So please, again, whatever, um, you're listening to us on, if it's, the Anchor app, if it's Spotify, if it's iTunes, if it's Google Play, if it's um, any of the other ones, please leave us a a, a, a comment, um, like us, subscribe to us. Uh, it just helps our podcast get out with everybody else um, to get some recognition so other people can hear us. We're starting to grow a little bit. I'm starting to see that we're getting people from other countries listening to us, which is awesome. Thank you so much. People in Canada, Mexico, South Africa, uh, Ireland. Um, uh, I can't remember the other ones, but thank you, you guys that are listening to us from, from those places. That's really, really awesome. So that's it. Uh, I got nothing else to say, uh, but see you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Bye.